Building your business from scratch is not an easy thing to do. Listen in as the two business guys share tips and tricks and some secrets too on how they're building their business from scratch. Enjoy. This business podcast, The Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. So, hey, welcome back, everybody. The Two Business Guys are masterminding minding once again, right? And we're actually masterminding on a project that we are creating. Now, we talk to you about this all the time. You've got to be a practitioner out there nowadays. You can't just come and say, hey, I have an idea. And because an idea is not a business make. Uh, I kind of say that again. The idea does not make the business. Now, we know that you kind of know that. And if you didn't know that, Here's uh, you know, a pretty good example. You know, we come up with ideas, John and I come up with ideas all the time, and then we have to make a determination as to which one to pursue. So when we are talking about building a business from scratch, and this is part two of building a business by scratch, uh, um, uh, from scratch, we says, okay, we have an idea, and you guys have heard a little bit about that, right? And now what we're doing is just really winnowing it down to which approach which you know a minimum viable product that we can put out there that's a process and everybody let me tell you it's a process that will you know it'll get you want to john i mean because you just don't know what you want to do we don't know if the marketplace is going to accept which one they're going to accept so uh, you know i was able to send john a list of things that we have to consider as we start winnowing down and thinking about the launch, which thing to launch first. So John, I'm gonna go through this and then we're gonna break them out for our audience. Because again, if they're out there and they have a ton of ideas, like we have a ton of ideas and they just don't know what to do next. That's what typically happens. You, you get to a point where you get bogged down with those ideas. Now the ideas are like little, they're, they're tyranny. Right, because they're saying I want to be expressed, John. You've developed a little bit of a system of how to how to pump them out, right? Me, it's VAs. You get some VAs and you rock it out. You you concentrate on it, and I take like the Seth Gold approach. If you notice, he'll create things, put all kind of time into it, 16, 17 months, and then he will turn it over mm-hmm. to some people. It makes some money. You know, he's he was the founder of it. And then he'll turn it over. And he did that just with Alt MBA, A-L-T-M-B-A. He just turned it over to some of the people that have, were right there with him. You know, he probably gets a little check from it. But now it's their job to go out and make it big. He started it. And he's done that with three or four or five different companies. Now, the approach that you take is that, hey, look, you partner. Mm-hmm. Partner with somebody. But we still have to be cognizant of the fact that you only have so much time and money to pay attention to these ideas, right? So, John, you know, here are the the things that I sent back. This is what we're doing here, everybody. When 
we are at a stage now where we're kind of going, okay, we, we see that we may have an idea. So we got to start fleshing it out, right? And one of the first ones was identify, we have to go out and identify a customer base who might want our product. Yep. That's the need determination, everybody, right? That's one of the very first things. That's why it's number one. Then I says, launch a minimum viable product by April. This is the way you say, I believe I've got something the marketplace might want, but it's all based on whether or not we found a customer base. Then create a business marketing rev generation traffic channel plan. And this is based on whether we get sales from our MVP. So, okay, everybody, you got an idea, right? Well, create something as quick as you possibly can to put it out there to test it against the marketplace. Right now, you can do it that way, or you can say, look, I'm going to go into the red ocean and I'm just going to try not to get, you know, thrown overboard and eaten up. Mm -hmm. That might work. If you can carve out, if you could take a piece of that red ocean and then, you know, make it blue, <laughs> right? Then now, number four was set up a scaling plan. So you see how we're progressively going through this. First, we identify a customer base, right? You get an inkling of an idea. And we go, okay, is, is anybody going to buy it? Who's out there? Who's selling something similar? And we did that last week. You guys didn't see that. That was a little bit behind the scenes stuff. We found some people that do what we're thinking about doing, right? We went out there. John signed up to a couple of the things and ours is, is in the newsletter space, but we have a bigger idea of creating the consortium, right? So set up a scaling plan via the use of technology outside talent slash contractors. Now, why this is important is this, everybody, is that right now, because you're a busy person, you have to immediately introduce your scalability. In other words, how is this thing gonna grow without you having a lot of inputs? Can we leverage tech? Can we leverage our contractors? All right, John and I both have gotten very good at coming up and using contractors. Well, you want to be in that space because you don't want anything bogging down your company before you even know it, it, it'll work. You're going to keep it in beta. Right now, solidify five, solidify joint venture investment requirements and financial risk mitigation and time investment agreements. Right. Sometimes we can scare people that want to be on a project off because we send them sign here's right? Here's a confidentiality agreement. They go, look, I don't know if I want to hang with you yet. Right now, we then solidify that because we look and say, hey, we might have something here. We've kind of tested the market. Now let's, let's make these nuptials, if you would, nuptials, let's make them a little bit more real. Let's put some paper to them. And then we're going to do, uh, number six is do a soft launch pilot program. And this is what's going to happen in April. We want to further test our assumptions. Keep it in beta for an undetermined time. I think Google is still in beta, right? They're always trying something new. 20 years later. 20 years later, right? They say they're in beta. But when you introduce something as a pilot program and as an experiment, we've talked a little bit about this, say call everything an experiment. If it doesn't go the way you thought, then you're, it's, an, it's an experiment. It's a pilot program. And because it is launched with that idea, then if it doesn't work, you kind of go, okay, it didn't work. What can we pull from it and repurpose in another way, 
right? But we got to get out there and test. Then we set up our scale fulfillment systems for increased orders. If it starts working, then we set up and really start seeing where can we put systems in place so that these two busy entrepreneurs that have lives and other stuff going on, that it can scale without us. And then, you know, the one of the bigger, bigger ideas is then we look at who we can bring in to run the company. You know, if it's self, and I love to self-fund companies, and I don't mean taking money out of my bank. I mean, we fund it with the customers that buy, right? I don't start a company and say to myself, oh, it's going to lose money for three years. Uh-uh. I want it making money right away because that's, that's proof because the customers are buying. That's customer self-funding it via customers, right? So now we wanna break some of these out. We'll get through as many as we possibly can, but again, listening into as we build it from scratch should give you some insight into this process. So John, let's jump right into it, man. Identifying the customer base. Now you've been able to do some research and see that, you know, newsletters, are kind of hot, mm -hmm. right? We see, and, and we're not going to say which ones that we were going to, but yeah, because you might want to jump in this space once you hear what we got to say. But I mean, they're hot because, you know, I love newsletters and I get so much good information from those newsletters, right? And the approach, you can see the material and you can use and go into some of the areas that they use as their revenue generation models, right? But the beautiful thing about them is that they are scalable. Have you noticed that as well, John? Yeah, absolutely. It, absolutely. That's And that's the big key that we're looking at is, you know, how do we make this scalable fast? Uh, you know, not where we have to have a manufacturing center in a different country and it's going to take us six six months to to pop out, you know, our first 3000 uh, boxes, but, but how do we do this? How do we get them in the hands? If we have 3000 people signing up today, how do we get them in their hands tomorrow? Right, exactly. So that is the scale opportunity, everybody. So think about your business. That's what you're, you're thinking about. It's like, okay, what can get in the, what can get in the way of this succeeding? When I'm building out something, I'm always thinking about, all right, what are some of the bugaboos that could occur? You, you know, it's competition. But one of the other factors, John, that I really liked about taking, you know, we've got the bigger idea, but, it, you know, as we think about the house, we think about, okay, we're going to build a house. We think about, well, what room would we like to go into first? All right. So when I thought, I says, let's approach it this way, because we can build up, the beautiful part is that we can build up a pretty good customer base if it works. And it also, and this is probably more important because we love just cranking out ideas. This is doing it this way allows us to run free with that idea. We come up with an idea, we can put it in our newsletter. A new idea, newsletter it. So now you now have a repository for your ideas. So as you think about the kind of business you're building, is it one that will accept those ideas and then they could be of use? Because we, John, you and I come up with an idea tomorrow. We individually put them into next month's newsletter 
right? And then we do what we do from a revenue generation standpoint, getting some things that people might say, you know what, I really dug that idea those guys were coming up with. That was very useful to me this week of this month. And then they go, well, what, what, are, what, what else are they offering? And that becomes when they click on these things becomes the, the, the rev generator. Now keep in mind everybody that we're gonna be doing this in a digital way. And that also adds to the scalability. You see what we're doing here? So as we build this thing out, we're saying, let's test it this way, right? And that's identifying and seeing if we can go get some customers. And one of the other things that you'll notice is that we don't necessarily have to have our own customers first. <laughs> no, we can go find what competitions, what are their customers, where are they at? John, this is funny. I was showing a lady yesterday I'm helping her basically build her business from scratch, but she's going to, she's going into the digital space and I'm helping her, you know, translate that what she does now, building things out into the digital space, right? So I told her I says, "Give me 3 of the people that you like in this space." So she did that, and I took her over to some some apps and stuff that I have that showed her all of their funnels, that showed her showed them all of uh, their ads. So what that allowed her to do is immediately say, wait a minute, they've already got an established customer base. All I have to do is put my stuff in front of those customers to see if they like my stuff too. And this is what you guys can do. You don't have to reinvent a wheel, right? And now this is, this is coming from a recovering wheel reinventor thinking that I had to have something new. No, you just have something that other people might like. They might be tired of what they've been doing or just bored. And they look at your product and go, hey, here's new. And he says, well, it's not that different. But that, you know, because it's not too different, they go, well, it's kind of familiar. Let me let me check this out. This might be something interesting. So that's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be introducing something that people are used to, but maybe because of the angles and the ideas that we put forward, they go, this is interesting. John, what are your thoughts on that one? No, I think it's something, um, and and I and I look at this. I'm I'm a big picture. You're, you you see things at the micro level. I see things at the macro level, and in in putting this together, we we the the newsletter is the beginning. That's the entry point, yep. and we could move in so many different directions. Where you know we had talked about. Um, podcasts you know adding something like that we've we've talked about um books so we have a publishing arm we've talked about networking circles we've talked about um e-learning platforms um which which you have been in the space of already um access to different types of of web folders um and and uh you know other other things as well uh type of content and that's a great part everybody is that when, you know, and this is something John and I did, you know, we took a couple of, you know, tests to see how we, how we move, right? Um, not necessarily the, like the Colby test, right? Which is probably one that we should take too, the Colby test, K-O-L-B-E. But it also, it just helps identify whether or not you have complementing strengths, right? And negating weaknesses, right? And, and this is something that, 
it's not to say that you can't go into business with that person that has the same ideas as you. You just got to realize that if we do this, then we make sure we get somebody either on the contract side, the virtual assisting side or assisting side that has a whole different approach, right? If we are idea people, we've got to make sure that we have an implementer in the room, right? <laughs> and one of the tests that I sent, uh, sent John, and I've taken this, uh, it really quickly identifies whether you're a doer, whether you're a learner, whether you just like to love up on people, and what was the other one, John, uh, or learner, Is that right? It? Yeah, I can't, yeah. And John happened to come in in areas where I don't, you know, I have, I lead, I'm in the lead space and I'm in the learn space. That's why I constantly are learning something. And then I go, all right, you know, I'm looking at this from a general standpoint, right? And that's what John was talking about. When you have someone that thinks, hey, I can see and visualize the house. You got to have, that's like the architect. You, you better have a good contractor that can build your vision. And be okay with that. Architects don't start getting out there trying to, you know, you know, put up drywall. It might not be a good deal, right? So you 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 bring in those parts, and you say, "This is where I would like to see it." Now, all of that also suggests that there's weaknesses. We have blind spots. I'm out there leading, and I look behind me, and where, where is everybody? Right? I can take all the arrows that way. A learner, you, you spend so much time learning, you look up and says, what have you done? Well, I learned this. So you either, you know, force yourself to do those parts that you're weak at, or you say, you know what, let me go partner with, and this is in John's, you know, domain is partner with, uh, or in me, I like to get, you know, virtual assistants and say, okay, I need this built. This is what you'll be doing. You're my you're my implementation partner. That's it. Your whole job is to implement, mm -hmm. right? And that's where you now can get stuff built, get it quick, built quickly. And if you have it in a way that it can scale out, then you can now put it out into the universe and it starts creating opportunity and income for yourself, right? And that's why I went totally, for the most part, totally digital because you can build that once Right. And then start making money on it for for as long as it sells versus you having to go out there, open up your trunk and sell something. <laughs> right. The, the old school approach, it, because that becomes, oh, my gosh. And the retail model is going bye bye. I'm going to tell you right now, everybody, the retail model is going to suffer greatly because your distribution channels are going away. Is that making sense, everybody? Your distribution channels, which is malls, stores, stuff like that, they're going away. People in the pandemic of 2020 has increased people's comfort level of buying and doing online. Exponentially. Exponentially. I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, we were going in this direction, and I, and I had written an article um, over a year ago in regards to this, that retail was dying. Uh, but this pandemic, it, it was already dying, but this pandemic has spurred it, you know, years ahead. Yep. And so it now it's dying at an exponential rate and we're going to see lots of empty. I mean, you know, last time my wife and I were in Chicago a year ago before the pandemic, uh, 
we're like, man, there's something going on on Michigan Avenue that, you know, that a lot of the big, a lot of the stores are gone there. Yeah. And I said, and I told her, I said, Rachel, I said, um, retail, retail is dying. Yeah. And now we're going to see that on an exponentially higher level because these businesses are finding out, I don't need to employ and, and, and pay for, you know, all this overhead, this space, this heat um, of all of this equipment. I was telling Randy, I think I was telling you, Randy, the other day that 7,000 people a day are moving to Florida because businesses are understanding how much money they can save now by having team members work from home remotely. Yeah. And so they can work from anywhere in the world, pretty much. And why not work from somewhere warm? Yes, yes. Right. Texas kind of messed their head up a little bit because it's like, wait a minute, it's not supposed to snow over here in Texas. And it got it got pretty bad. But yeah, on the retail side of it, it's like, why do why do I need to go and make a trip to the mall and you know fight for a parking space and go stand in line and where and I don't even know if they're gonna have it at the mall, but I can search a whole bunch of different stores at once uh, online. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Now, that's not to say that some innovator can't come along, right? And as I thought about this, I says, I told my wife, I says, hey, you know, you got all this mall space, right? So what does that right there suggest? Well, you got parking. And I says, what if they open up malls and the and somebody created a mall park? So where do I live? I live inside a mall. Well, basically, it's inside living. Right? You can create a tremendous community, no different than a mobile home park. It's just inside. And depending on where, you, and I just thought about because of space, it's a repurposing of space. Right? It's like a dome. What if you live in an area that is, you know, heavily hit by rain and snow and all that kind of stuff? Guess what? You've just solved that situation. And because you got all this space, you can have a whole community. Well, and I bet there I'm are just people, saying. I, I bet there are people listening to this podcast saying, Randy, that's that's a crazy idea. But how many people a hundred years ago would have thought that people would be living in old factories? And that's what we we've been doing that old over the past ten years. Repurposed. Yep, all repurposed. Office, my office space is in an old furniture factory. Um this and even in New York, they're already talking about this, taking some of this old office space and they they have a housing shortage. So when we're going to make it into apartments. So why could why is that such an outlandish idea to use mall property as that? That's I mean, right. if you can envision it, that's the first step in building something. Yeah. And you talk about cloud kitchens. Remember that um, that uh, the Uber guy? The guy that started Uber was saying, hey, and his idea was early. He was still funny. I think he put 300 and something odd millions of, of dollars of his own money into this idea. And if people were like, what? You're going to have, you don't have a restaurant anymore. You just have a kitchen. Absolutely. He was going to use old mall, strip malls, right, to create this little area. Now, pandemic accelerated that. Then, uh, you know, what ended up happening was, I think this is long before he even had the, the, you know, he had some somewhere out there and I started hearing a lot about cloud kitchens and I started telling people that uh, friends of mine that were in the consulting space helping restaurants or people start restaurants says, hey man, 
you might want to slow down on that. This is before, this is probably a year before the pandemic hit. You might want to slow down on that because this thing called Cloud Kitchens and its approach can make all of the difference in the world with people starting things without all the overhead. It's you, your kitchen, your delivery people, because the infrastructure that was built from the delivery space, that being, you know, started making so much money and people and restaurants started seeing that they, hey, wait a minute, this is making us a lot of money. Why do I need to have all this room? I can just have a kitchen. You can try different things. You can have a, uh, a different menu every month. All of this becomes possible. And then of course, when the pandemic hit, people had to have stuff delivered and that just boom, accelerated it. So think about that now, as we are building out, jumping back into what we were talking about, we're looking at, again, who is the customer? Identify, right? And this is, we are really thinking about, we've identified our customer. We, we kind of know that with, um, you know, the Entre Hustler newsletter and the Entre Hustler box, the newsletter is the one thing, the box is going to be like the extra. It's the something that if you decide you want to subscribe with us, because that's a, that's building out the rev model. You you guys are hearing that? Then we say this is something we're going to be sending you every month, and inside is something awesome. You know what I mean? And then that's where we can bring together different inputs or different people that have different skill sets. And then it says, okay, within the box is how to do this. All right now, we're not we don't we're not afraid to show you how we're building something out. Right, because again, here, this is what we do. We mastermind on these things. We mastermind business ideas. We mastermind approaches, and we hope that as you listen in, that you go, "Wow, I, I got something from that." We, we're just not two guys out here talking, you know, you know, gossiping. You know, that's not what this is about. This is saying, "Hey, listen, here's something you might want to do with your business. Here's something that you can, you know, maybe get some really good tips and tricks from that we've learned. Here's a mistake." Here's something we did and it just didn't work out. And now in this part of it, it is saying, let's build something from scratch. Now, John, let's let's go ahead and, and talk about launching our minimum viable product by April. What is the importance of time frames? The importance of time frame is is huge. And I think what a lot of people do is they get to a process where they don't understand what this is is going to be made up of. And I think mapping out all the key points and who your customer is, like, you know, we're looking at Gen X entrepreneurs, we're looking at individuals within the operational management space, the And so what are some of the components that we want this newsletter to consist of? Well, we want- John, I think your, um, your headphones are going out, John. Your headphones are going out, John. It's where a lot of business owners struggle is because uh, we all have great ideas and everything, but most people are very hesitant about selling something, going out and into the market and, and trying to push a product or service. That's what they feel like they're doing is pushing a product or service. Yeah. So sales, marketing, um, this the startup setup 
uh, that's key. Randy and I have seen, uh, we're, we, we both coach lots of businesses that the foundation of a lot of small businesses is cracked. It's not set up correctly. So that hinders uh, the scalability and a number, number of other functions of the business from even, even, even attempting to take off. Uh, so going back and, you know, how do we do some market research um, with our customers? How do we look at um, business plans and uh, in, in, and uh, licensing and, and those those types of things? So those are some of the 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 subject matter that we're going to be hitting on within this newsletter. Right. And that's a good part. Right. And, and look at how we're doing this, everyone. And again, we, we consider this a pilot. Right, we consider this a hey. We think we can get in this space and make some noise, right? And we also know that when you start thinking about deal flow, is how we're going to attract some people into the bigger house. We're not building the house first; we're building a room. And I'm using that analogy because um, we understand that in, if you have an apartment or you have a house, you're usually in one a lot, right? And now you say, if I wanted to invite people over then I have other rooms that will entertain them in. That's the availability part of it, right? Now I'm kind of a minimalist. So I have a small house. I, I, I really don't like to have a lot of stuff around simply because that's just an approach I like to take, right? And that has saved me during the ups and downs of the economy, not having a mortgage, not having all this stuff, right? So that's just my approach. But as you think about it, I wrote it down, John, our first approaches. Now, this is so counterintuitive. It's so different than what we see businesses do first, right? First one, and really the acronym is ILM, Identify, Launch, Market. People are like, what? Yeah, identify the customers, right? Launch that minimum viable product. Right, Eric Reese talked a lot about that in Lean Startup. And then once you determine that you have some biters of the, the you know, and, and here's, you know, now I'm, I'm mixing metaphors, but uh, now if somebody is biting on what you've put out into the water, you know, somebody is biting on it, then you market. That's when you pour on the marketing. Typically, it goes the other way. People build a business plan business plan based on what right we go in our first approach is to say is there or is there a place that people are already we look over there and we kind of go hey let's go over here we go and we kind of listen in to what they're talking about that's what that's the identifying what they're talking about what seems to be people's problems listening in and because we've listened to so many entrepreneurs and business owners and the problems that they're having this is how we start determining our deal flow right how we're we going to find the people identify with the problems then we launch something that addresses what we hear all the time then we wrap that around into our marketing messages having that small product by april now this is putting it the pressure on us so that way you don't stay in start mode all the time. You give yourself a time frame. Hey, this is going to be done um, in, in April. Now we're talking less than a month. 
Now that's up to us to figure out how to have this done. But you see, we have built that all into the launch and the approach. We can, John and I probably have, I don't know, 20 or 30 different things that we can literally put into the newsletter today because we do different things. We got 20 or 30 things that we can put into the rev generator idea of the Entre Hustler box that we can put that in right now. And then once we start marketing, now we have customers that have bought that says, hey, you guys Entre Hustler box was awesome. Thank you for that. You know, I was teetering on being just an entrepreneur, but I didn't know I had to have all this hustle in me. And then the hustlers are just saying, look, thank you for showing us how to professionalize this by becoming an entrepreneur. And I'm not just a hustler now. You see what's happening here, everybody? Is that we're taking the ILM approach, identify, launch, and market. Now, imagine now you got this box and we said this to you or in the newsletter, you says, hey, here is the ILM approach to starting any business. That, will, that could save you thousands of dollars from you going out building it the wrong way. Now you got this in the newsletter and then you says, oh my goodness gracious, I was getting ready to spend, I don't know, unheard of money long before I even identify whether I even have a customer. And I didn't know how to go find the customers. And then here we come and show you, well, let's find them by going over there and seeing what the competition's doing. We just roll over there and see, hey, what, what are they doing? How are they solving the problem right now? And here's something even more important, everybody. You may discover that it's too red ocean. Mm. It's just too many people in the water. And we, you know, and you, or you may discover that I should not launch in this arena. It's just bad. Or you may say, I'm brave and I'm doing it. I'm gonna carve out a section and I'm going to make it blue ocean. Is brave the, what you thought? Huh? Is that, is that the That's word not that the first thought, thinking? no. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta be, you know, stupid, right? And just go, but that is again, it, if you're brand new, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Right. And you just you fools rush in and then they, they win because they didn't know that they couldn't do this thing. So when you've been in business and you've been burned and you've been hurt and, you know, you're licking your wounds. Sometimes if you take it back to that base approach that I'm too, I don't know what I don't know. Right. Even in a mature market, that's how you can disrupt. And I'm telling you right now, everyone. Hear this now, you can believe us later, but disruption is coming fast. The pandemic has made it so that companies have to refigure and rethink everything. Where they are, the employees they have, where they go to, the, where they office, rethinking everything. Now, what is that also gonna do? That should be a boon for home builders that are saying, you know what, we need to be building houses that have offices built in, not bedrooms, offices. Maybe people that are, you know, are minimalists like me and say, well, you know what? I, I don't have a lot of space for office. Now I got to buy a bigger house because I'm going to incorporate an office. So that becomes some of the opportunity that spill out. So John, what about number three? When we number are thinking about building- Create the, a business marketing yeah. and- Rev generation, 
traffic and traffic channel plan. plan. See I what it's based on, though. Yep, it's it's based on whether or not we get sales from our MVP. I think that that's going to be. I think it's going to be key and staying in that beta phase. We can we can test that area with little to no money. Um, first thought that comes to mind is like uh, a MailChimp type of newsletter. Uh, you know, very very limited resources needed to do right. that. Right. And we pool our our information bank to start providing some of those nuggets within that newsletter to be able to start forming that following and saying, Hey, these, these guys were able to help me in this way. This was great advice. I didn't know this, this existed. Then we're, we're not only building a, a sustainable base because it's, it's an organic base. Yep. So it, word of mouth it's going to be individuals that'll go to their friends who are business owners they'll say hey this is a great resource out there little to to no money um go in and check these guys out right and we can incentivize them right i've got uh john um i wrote down a couple of things let me see where my notes are i wrote down a couple of things that came to me as how you accelerate, right? And this is why you're looking at competition, everybody. You're kind of seeing what they're doing, even if you decide to go a totally different way. You're seeing what the gaps are, you know, or you're seeing that this absolutely worked. I, John, I was telling an entrepreneur recently who is, you know, he's selling a product and every, the company spent millions of dollars, you know, millions of dollars figuring out how to sell this product. Mm. And he's going totally opposite. Now I says that's swimming against the tide. And I says, as a recovering swim against the tider, you guys will hear that a lot, right? And that's because you, you've gone out there and tried doing things different and it don't work. Mm -hmm. But if they have figured out this works, then why swim against the tide? You're gonna get tired unnecessarily and drown. Do, I said for 30 days, you know, no, actually I says for a week, in his case, because he's very busy. I says for seven whole days, do exactly what they say. If they say make phone calls, you don't do nothing else. Make phone calls. I said, because what you're doing is you're saying, well, if they say swim with the tide, you may get to destination faster. Swimming with the tide versus going, you know, swimming against the tide in that particular case, right? So I said, that's all I'm suggesting. If you find out that that approach does not work for you, now try other things. But it's the, let's do one thing, let's throw it all in, totally immerse and see if that works, right? So when you are out there with your business and you're either, whether you're in a startup phase or you are, you know, ramping up, ask yourself, are you swimming against the tide? And if you are, stop. It's, if it's not getting you results, don't get me wrong. If it's getting you results, then forget it, what everybody else is doing. Don't be the wildebeest running over the, the edge of the, you know, the mountain. But if it's not getting you the results you want, then don't be hardheaded. Do it as they say. So as we're looking at competition, we're going, what is working for them? 
what seems to be the thing that just works, right? And we, if we, if we notice that they're incentivizing people in a certain way, then we can use those principles. We don't have to copy their stuff. We can just use those principles to grow. And we've seen time after time, especially if you read a lot of growth hacking stuff like I do, then we say, okay, how did they build this newsletter? Well, maybe they incentivized people by saying, hey, if you share this, you remember how Dropbox did it? Dropbox says, hey, we'll give you extra space if you can share this with, and they sign on to. Right, I, I just recently was testing out this approach with buy me a coffee, right? And I got tons of people buying me coffee. And then they says, I like this approach and buy me a coffee says, if you, if they buy it, if they sign up, right? It doesn't cost anything. And then they get their first coffee bought, you get a coffee bought, right? And the coffee is basically money. Now, what is that like? It's kind of the Patreon approach, right? So they just created a different environment. And it's basically saying, hey, it's the same concept. I did a thing, somebody says, I like that. And they buy you a coffee. Now, of course, when you sign up, they say, you could buy a pizza, you could buy me a beer, whatever it is, right? But people buy coffees all the time. And I have people coming in that I've helped just buying coffees, buying coffees, buying coffees, because now they had a chance to pay back, if you will, for free stuff that I gave them, you know, so in certain cases, months ago. Mm. So the law of reciprocity, you see what's happening here. So what we're doing then is we say, you know, how we now are going to approach getting people onto the platform and then growing, growth hacking the platform. So we may say, hey, listen, if you can bring four or five people in, one, two, three people in, we will give you the next two or three boxes, Entre Hustle boxes for free. And inside the digital boxes, all these goodies, all these good, great how-tos, tools that we may know um, that you can use that we don't necessarily put in the newsletter itself, right? So those just become opportunities, but they didn't just come from our brain trust no, we saw it. We reverse engineered some stuff. And that's one of the approaches that you could be taking in your business. And especially now, because you can, you got the technology. It's like you know, $6 million man. Remember that back in the day? We had the I technology. Do, do. So what they built a dude name? that was a robot. Yeah, but what was his name? Austin? Steve Austin. Steve Austin, yes. Yeah, because yes. I used to love $6 million man. Then they, they came up with a, a $6 million lady, right? So same concept. All right, so John, when we think about this, right, we create a business, the business marketing, uh, I shouldn't have put a comma there, but business marketing, rev generation, traffic channels. And like I, tell, I was telling this entrepreneur that I was doing some consulting for, I says, if that traffic channel works, great. If it doesn't, now explore the other traffic channels. Now, now, when you talk about that, Randy, are you talking about like social media, those types yes, of things? Yes, those are the channels. It's like, where do I, what is my channel here? Is it, I just do phone calls, direct mail, traffic channel. Do I just do social media? In other words, I have uh, the traffic channel that is Facebook, the traffic channel that is uh, LinkedIn, the traffic channel that is Google, 
right? And it, within that subset of social media, you then have other traffic channel opportunities, right? Email marketing traffic channel. So this is in essence, everyone, where you're going to get people into your stuff. And sometimes get this, they don't work at the same time. You can run a whole bunch of Facebook ads and they just won't work. You go over to Google and they work. Right now you got Google, Google, and you got a split. You can run, let's say you're doing uh, Facebook traffic channel, you're doing ads and they just aren't working. But then you go to Instagram and they work like crazy. You know, let's say you, you're doing Facebook groups and they're working like crazy. So that's the exploration. You have to figure out what traffic channel works and then explore it. And they don't work at the same time. Sometimes they're saturated. Somebody's been in there, you know, the marketers got in there and just, you know, messed it all up for everybody. Right. And they just aren't working the same way. So your job as the entrepreneur is to figure out where they do work. Right? I see people online all the time. Hey, you know, do this, drop it here, you know, drop ship, all this kind of stuff, right? And some of the stuff just isn't working again. It's just too many people in it, right? It's red ocean and, and nobody's eating. And then they're looking at each other like, maybe I should eat you. <laughs> and that, that becomes just a messed up situation. That's where the blood and the water comes from. So, uh, and Red Ocean idea, you're figuring this out. What works best for you? What works best for your product? What works best for your customer, right? And that's why we've inverted how you're going about building this business from scratch. We've inverted it because we say, we got to go see where there's a pool of people first, feeding, eating, getting their information. And this is the beautiful thing about now approaching it the way we have. And John and I talked a lot about this. The thing that we were going to build first was so, you know, it was intensive. It was going to be a lot of hands-on. And I'm like, dude, we need to build something that we can look and see if we can scale it quickly. We can use our creativity, pour stuff into it. And John, John comes up with an idea probably every half a second. I come up with one every second, you know what I mean? And then we could say, hey, new idea. Oh, let's throw it into the Ultra Hustler box. Yeah, let's send that out as the next. And people can, now we have a place of where they are. People can look at that and go, golly, these guys are, these guys are on, on point. And they can help somebody's business, right? Then they come back for more and we got more, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. and, and this month's box might be um, the, the thing that a whole industry hadn't thought about but we're able to build something out quickly, put it in the box, you get your box, you're on a subscription plan and you go, oh man, I had not thought about that for my industry. And that becomes the value that we are making in the marketplace, right? So that's a determiner. And then again, how is this going to rev out? How are we gonna make money, right? And that's where you're setting up the uh, revenue generation, traffic channel, and then uh, what we created. I says I told somebody this the other day, and this was this is not a, this is not original. This is not mine, but I said there's really only three things that matter. It is your um, oh shoot, I can't think of it now. Uh, it was the marketplace, right? Your offer to that marketplace, 
and your traffic, basically your traffic generation source, right? So what you're offering matters, but it could be wrong. How you're marketing could be wrong. You know what I mean? There's factors there. So that's why you go out there and you set up things and test it. All right, so John, let's run on to roll over to number four. Set up a scaling plan via the use of tech, outside talent, and contractors. Absolutely. So whether you're going virtually, you want to make sure that you have enough server space, that your your space isn't going to crash if 10 people <laughs> try to try to read the newsletter or get into your website, or or whether that's product development hey, how many products per X amount of time and how long does it take in transit? Uh, can I get, do I need to look for other um, manufacturers as well? But making sure that you have clearly defined and mapped out, not just what your plan is today, but what are some of the alternatives? Like if, that. hey, we get this ridiculous amount of, of traffic to this newsletter, well, how do we sustain that? Um, how, do, how do we keep our, our site from not crashing? How do we um, turn that into subscriptions to something else? How do we have enough, if we're advertising uh, books and different things, do we have enough in inventory to be able to meet those needs? Or if we don't have them uh, stocked up, are we able to get them fast enough where yep. people aren't going to be waiting months? Yep. And that's your scale. So we think about scaling. Don't get scared about that word, right? It just means your ramp up ability. That's all, right? Can I ramp up? Do I have that inventory, you know, or am I going to be scrambling, looking around? This is where you start thinking about if, and I used to tell people that were in the t-shirt space. I mean, that were literally printing them up. They were buying them. They were buying the t-shirts, taking them, you know, to the house, and then going out saying, who wants these t-shirts? And that was so inefficient. A, because now you got a whole bunch of that product in your house. It better, you better not have a flood. You better not have mold. You better not have in, anything going on there, right? So then I says, well, why, don't not, why not set up a, an opportunity where it doesn't matter how many people buy, you will always be able to fulfill. Right. And that was one of the key things I you will always be able to fulfill because you don't have all the inventory. Now, for that, you're going to pay. But if you say to yourself, well, let me see what this does for me tying up money. Versus me paying or getting, you know, receiving, you know, 40 percent for not having to house it, for not having to ship it. For not think about that for a minute. Anytime I see somebody on Facebook and they got boxes upon boxes upon boxes in their house, I go, that's an inefficient way to go, unless they pre-sold the boxes. Yeah. And then they went in and sourced the material and now they're just showing you before they ship. Right? So that's your scale-up uh, plan. And then you say, well, what from a technology standpoint can I use? How is this going to be delivered? Well, in our case, it's going to be electronic, mm -hmm. right? Maybe once or twice a year, we'll do a print copy just for, you know, shiggles and grins, I guess, right? But we'll maybe do something in the print copy space that allows us to have uh, a, a number, another access point, right? But that'll be based on whether or not it's working in the first place. Mm 
and then contractors. Two of us, or even if we had some other people on board, is not enough sometimes. We got to have other people out there that can quickly do design stuff, right? That can quickly build stuff. And you know you've got the technology out there. You've been seeing the fiber commercials. You know guru.com is there. You know Upwork is there, right? You know uh, 99designs is there. All things available and ready to help us be successful. All right. Now, John, what about this solidifying the joint venture? We, we really got to start Absolutely. as we go. So we got to get people aboard and ourselves. We got to make sure that we know who's going to do what. And make it sure it's above board. It, it, one of the things and the, one of the biggest problems that we run into is uh, look at the Facebook issue, you know, that started on the campus yeah. of Harvard, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, two other gentlemen, I believe they're their brothers and Winklevoss they, twins. Yep. Yep. And a uh, huge lawsuit on whose idea, who, who was the, the genius behind it, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, so having everything spelled out so that you don't run into those billion dollar problems, three months, eight months, 12 years down the road right. is that we're, we're defining expectations and we're defining what does this look like and who, who receives the equity and how much of the equity. Right. And that's just how you tighten it up, right? You don't always have to do partnerships. You come up with joint venture agreements. You come up with, you know, um, um, memos of understanding, miles, something that allows for who, whoever might be, you know, feeling a little sketchy or not sketchy, but feeling a little skittish about entering into anything that, you know, that kind of mitigates that risk for them. So if it's that important to you, then you come up with something that really speaks to them. Not everybody is jumping into a partnership. You know, I'm sk you know, skittish of partnerships because, well, the risk mitigation part or financial risk mitigation. So we come up with something that works. And that's what you have an opportunity to solidify. Now, some people say you come up with that first and that's smart, but sometimes that can take so darn long that your product is withering on, or your idea is withering on the vine because you can't get the language right. First, again, you're seeing if there's a market, you decide on that. Seeing if you got a reasonable plan to get to uh, revenue. Okay, all right, great. I think this might work out all right. Then you solidify your joint ventures. Now you can go out of order. This is just suggesting stuff here, right? But people are worried about risk. I, I think back to the guy who helped um, Steve Jobs and Wozniak start Apple. The reason he jumped out was because he looked over there at these two fresh kids and says, if this goes bad, I'm going to lose my house. He may not have said it that way, but he was thinking about the risk involved. And as a result, he sold. Bad move. Because he couldn't come up with an agreement that worked out for him. And those guys went on to make, you know, you know, as you know, gazillions of dollars. And this guy, is probably, he was probably kicking himself saying, I missed out on that one. He jumped out. He got scared. But how do you now create an agreement that helps you, um, you know, mitigate that risk? I love that word. I'm sorry, everybody. It's, it's a, you know, a huge word, but mitigate. In other words, how can we make it less of a potential problem? 
right? And especially when you got people that have ideas. You, you look over there at them, you go, you know what, this one, you may get tired of this idea. So what do we do to reduce and, and, and mitigate the risk of you deciding you, you want to do something else? You know what I mean? That's why a lot of this stuff gets done in the inverse order that we've decided on it. Because if it's a good idea and you get a you know hair up your butt about doing something different, you then hand it off to your, you know, your group that then grows it. And then you go and do your new thing and maybe you still have a interest in it, but you may not be running it, right? And like I say, I like to call that the Seth Golden approach. Build it, look over there at it, knowing that you got more ideas and you says, well, I wanna sell it to you guys or I want to you know, have you guys run it. This is the structure. You send us a check every month and then we will advise. Something like that, come up with it. All right, John, number six. Soft launch, six, yep. Soft launch program by April. You know, Randy, as we're sitting here, I, I, I have to admit that my head is spinning. I, I am uh, already thinking of, of how uh, we put this down into newsletter form. And I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying this with excitement uh, because things are running through my mind. Well, well what do, you know, what is the content? How are we going to put together? What are the sources that we're going to use, etc.? And how are we going to introduce this to the world? And I can tell you that this is this is with great excitement uh, that I have to say that I, I I'm kind of uh, my attention is half in and half out because I'm thinking about this as we're doing and I'm jotting down notes every couple seconds and and whatnot. Right, and this and the beauty of you see. This is, you know, I can, I can, I can let you guys in on this. You guys are seeing my process a little bit, right? And sometimes we do this because, or we do it this way, is because it helps you think through things too. Now we're doing it verbally. We're doing it so you can listen in, but this is for us as well, right? Some of the messaging that, uh, and why I sent seven things to John is to have him think through this. Right, because John already thought of the house, and I'm saying let's talk about the rooms. Right, and that we're bringing our strengths in, and this is why we have come together and done the two business guys mastermind, and why we've invited you in to look at this or listen in, and if this is on YouTube to look at how we're putting it together, and you see what's happening. Right, so as we start kind of looking at the detail parts of it. Now you can go, wait a minute, this might work. At first, it's just an idea. You get excited about that. And then you say, well, show me the rooms of this idea. Okay, oh, wait a minute, that's pretty good. And then that brings more ideas in, right? Now we have to be as careful as we possibly can to not ideate forever, right? Get new, you know, excited about a new thing and then add complexity. That's why we were talking about this. If you notice, kept going back to soft launch, April, 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 right? Not ideating in April, launching in April so that we now have our space to put all these different ideas. And right now, then creating it this way, we can let our ideas run free, all for the benefit of who's on the other end of those. Somebody may jump in and says, I don't know what you guys were talking about last month, but this month is for real. Mm -hmm. 
And it could be the thing that based on all the collection of stuff rolling around in our heads that we go, that's the one that got that customer into our uh, program, right? Onto the newsletter. You see what's happening here? And then we started thinking about this soft launch pilot program to further test the assumptions. We're going to keep it in beta for an undetermined time period. We'll just call it beta, call it pilot until two years later, if it's working, it's, it's, it's doing what we want it to do, it's revenueing out. We now have a secession plan or how we're going to now transfer it to maybe somebody that can help it grow. You see what's happening here, partner bringing on all that kind of stuff. Then we can go, all right, it's something. It's more than a concept. It's more than the idea. It's a real business now, right? It's revenue and out. It's making, and a newsletter make, some newsletters make a lot of money. I'm a part of some newsletters that I pay $120 a year. But if I'm one of a million people, that tells you a story. If I'm one of 100,000 people, you're starting to see how that thing revenues out, right? And now we talk about um, number seven, John, as we're setting up the scale fulfillment systems for increased orders. Now this is, or here's a part, determine a shutter period. In other words, a shutdown period. If we roll this out, everybody, and after a year, six months, three months, we have no sales, then either we stink to high heaven, right? Or our idea stinks. And then we set up a plan to shutter. The market doesn't want it, right? The market might not want it. It might not be ready for it, or it may not maybe saturated, right, right. all kinds of things. And then that's where you set up a plan. And this is what I want you guys to really pull from this, that there is no such thing as failure. It is an idea that just gave you information. So you may say, you know that, John, you remember when we wrote out that newsletter idea? Then you look at it and go, yeah. And so all that stuff we came up with, how can we repurpose that? We may be able to take the repurposed material from that and create massive amounts of stuff. Give it away, build up a list, right? Say, hey, we came up with this stuff, it didn't work. So we decided to you know, give it away, it's all digital. So we don't have a whole bunch of inventory. You've seen people do that, right? With real inventory, they have a garage sale. I got a whole bunch of stuff in my house, <laughs> get rid of it. So a garage sale. And sometimes they're giving it away for cents on the dollar that they paid for it originally. But somebody comes along, they buy it. It's valuable to them. So it's the repurposing of that. That becomes, to me, one of the best opportunities. Nothing goes to waste. There is no such thing as failure, everybody. It's just information. Marketplace wasn't ready. When will they be ready? Okay, let's roll it back out. Marketplace was saturated. Okay, people are doing something else. Okay. All right. I think about, get this, John. I think about VHS tapes. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. VHS tapes. They, I, I just heard a, a commercial on the radio um, about how you could send your old VH tape, VHS beta um, yeah. CDs to a place and they'll download it into a zip drive or the cloud or whatnot. So repurposing. So you're sitting over there, all these darn tapes and you go, well, wait a minute, what can I do with these? Well, they'll give them back to you in a different format. 
You see the point here, right? And I think about, um, we used to have blockbusters all over the place and that was a really good business model, made a lot of people a lot of money, but they're still family video, right? Especially here in Grand Rapids, family video is still in the game. You think of records, nobody's doing records. Guess what? Yes, they are. Aficionados still do records and they make a comeback. So you, there's no failure. The market could go away and you can really niche down and still make a nice little living from everybody, you know, from the fact that you have people that still want that particular product, that particular thing. Maybe you charge uh, a higher prices because it's so custom, right? Maybe because you have all this stuff. Now you got the new thing, right? NFTs. People are creating digital art putting it on the blockchain. Y'all didn't think I was going to drop that in. NFTs, and you're going, what is an NFT, right? Well, the technology is based on the new thing, which is the blockchain. They're not creating Bitcoin or Ethereum. They're not creating that stuff. They're creating something else. Now, think about this. You got some of this old material. You now say, wait a minute. Could I take that old material, create an NFT, and go sell it at Christie's? Absolutely. Because someone would say, I never thought that I would, you know, repurpose this, whatever you have using new technology that someone says, I want that. And because it's presented on the new way by chain or whatever, in a new format, NFTs, you are now making a mint. This one guy John, he is, I was reading about him. He had like $20 million worth of NFTs, right? And now this guy is, was a financial analyst. And he said, all he does is think about, you know, um, opportunity and work in the edges. And he found that he could create these NFTs very, very simply, very, very easily. And they were valued at $20 million. And I thought, are you kidding me right now? And then of course, people just started rushing into the NFT market. You could build these things very easily. People decide they like them, they buy them, right? And they are, you know, dipping their toe into what's new. People were using old footage from a basketball games, creating, a, a, creating them in a digital format and selling those. Are you kidding me right now? But my point here is this, is that there's no such thing as failure right? It's information. And then you say, how can I repurpose it? And this is what, when we are creating this, we're saying, hey, we really can't fail. This is what makes us not do well. It's if we don't do it. If we let the fact that, you know, people that we've invited on, you know, they didn't show up or whatever, we let that get us down or April comes and we're still ideating. Right. Or we're still just uh, and we haven't put anything out there or we did stuff way out of sequence. All right. We says, well, we're going to do a press release. Not yet. Not until we have something in the marketplace that that press release then is leveraged to do another thing. And that's drive people over to the email list that then we end up sending them more opportunity and information. So if we don't do stuff like that, or we idea, get another idea on top of an idea and then run after that without finishing this one, that's when we fail. 
So everybody, as you're listening to this, think about those seven things. Now you decide on the order, right? But if they've excited you, hey, listen, buy us a coffee. We'll leave a link. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the big thing. Follow us. You know, if you're seeing this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. We are putting out these videos once a week. And we also put it out as a podcast. And we've already created a book. You see what's happening, everybody. You just learn how to repurpose something in three different ways. You just learn how to build and start a business from scratch and some things to consider as you listen and watch us build ours from scratch. And I just hope that helped you a little bit. John, what can we tell everybody before we wrap up? That map out your process. So as you can see, we're starting this business from scratch. Uh, Randy brought seven good points uh, to us today. I think that if you miss some of those points, go back and, and, and listen to the words again, write those seven points down. And even if you are an existing business owner, take those and match those up to what you currently have. And is there anything that, that you could retroactively implement um, that, that maybe your business is lacking? Or if you're just getting off the ground, how do I use that information to go forward? That is so, thank you for that, John. I tell you, we appreciate when we come together, all right, John and I come together, John, John lets me talk. He's a quiet guy, you know, and, and, but when I'm talking and I'm letting stuff out, what happens is it creates a space for more stuff to come in, right? And, and it gets John another idea. And that's what you want in a togetherness, right? Whether you call it partnership, whether you call it agreement, whether you call it joint venture, you want someone that keeps you excited. You look over at your, you know, the person you're hanging out with and they're not getting you excited. You need to get some more friends, right? You need to be around people that get you these ideas. And that's what we want to be for you uh, as the two business guys continually expands and creates things for you is we want to be that person that helps you stay excited, that maybe reignites you as you listen in, right? And that gets you going, wait a minute, that's a good freaking idea. And now we're rolling on something that'll help you do the same things. Hey guys, we are your friends in profits. I've been I've been signing off all my emails, your friend in profits. And John, I think today we have given some people some good things to think about. And we hope you guys implement, I mean implement ruthlessly these ideas. See how they work for you. Leave us a comment. And if it's a YouTube channel, leave us a comment or leave us a send us an email, whatever it takes and see how these ideas, we wanna get some case studies, everybody, to see how they're working for you. And we wanna see you again next week. Talk to you then.